Good day. It's the best day of the week. Great day to be alive. Great day to get better. I'm KL Frierson. And ladies and gentlemen, today I have a special guest with me. Um, when I say special, you guys know that I don't use this word uh, parsimoniously. What? Um, I, I, I look, I've been reading the dictionary today and I just <laughs> I felt like throwing out a word that means stingy. Uh, <laughs> I got issues, man. But um, I bet you, let me, I bet you, you don't want look out. You know you're messing with the wrong ones. Now watch out. Keep talking, I'ma give you some. Just keep running and running and running. Let me let me introduce this this good brother. He's a recording artist. Uh, he's a musician. Uh, cut his teeth as a bassist. He's a Grammy-nominated uh, songwriter. He's won stellar awards. Um, Nobel Peace Prizes. Um, again, the first black man to pilot an aircraft, and uh, he's gonna be the brother that created the Nike swoosh. So, ladies and gentlemen, hey, give it up for Alvin I Garrett. You don't, <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't give out uh, uh, compliments parsimoniously either. Nah, 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 not at all. <laughs> not at all. That's not. That ain't my thing. <laughs> How you doing, my brother? How you I'm, doing? I'm doing well, and it's not every day that I'm in. Uh, the presence of greatness. That's that's what I'm gonna go ahead and call it. If you don't feel that way, I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there, and we just gonna stamp that. We are gonna let God do what He do with the rest of it. So, <laughs> so. I love it. Well, well, from what I hear, from what I hear, every day you are in the presence of greatness because you with yourself every day. You know hey, what I'm saying? You know, from what I hear, you the greatest. Yeah, I do what I can. <laughs> I do what I can. You know, <laughs> my, my mama told me I could be anything I wanted to be. And I told her what it being anything meant I could be everything, mama. So it's just it's just one of those things. So how you doing this evening, my good brother? Man, I am wonderful, wonderful, man. It's 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 been a, a, a I I'll say, you know, I'm one of the few people, maybe, you know. I've been I've been living my best life the past few years. Okay. And I know that's not a common thing you hear people say, you know, coming out of two of the, you know, most difficult trying years of our entire lifetime and, you know, on earth. <laughs> right. Uh, but I'm one of those few people, man. I said, man, this this, you know, outside of staying alive, this ain't so bad, you know, man, just slowing down, taking time to refresh, renew my myself, reinvent myself, evolve. Uh, let go of relationships that I probably should have let go of years ago. Uh, exploring, exploring, well, you talking. <laughs> exploring <laughs> ideas that were sitting in the cabinet because I was too busy doing other things. Uh, man, it's it's been great, man. I'm just glad to be alive, but also, man, just hopeful for the future. I got you. I got you. Um, how's the family doing? Because I I know that you know in these times you've been living your best life. Family's been doing well, also. I, I can say that, man. You know, we, we've been fortunate. Uh, certainly my um, immediate family, you know, has been uh, spared and, and safe and healthy. As a matter of fact, well, I just lost a great uncle here recently. Uh, older to gentleman. To, yeah. Thank you so much for your condolences. Um, but for the most part, man, we've we've fared fairly decently, man. So I, I don't ever, you know, celebrate my own position at all without acknowledging those who have. Uh, lost close family members and friends and who have suffered so much loss the past couple of years. So I always say that with empathy and humility. Um, and, and as I, you know, live my own life, you know, I got you. Now you said that you've reinvented yourself uh, during these past two years, um, which 
like you mentioned before, has been pretty difficult for for most of us to do. Um, a lot of us took this pandemic as an L. You've definitely taken it as a W. So you've been winning. In what ways have you reinvented yourself? Uh, well, I, I would say I reinvented how I see myself. Okay. Um, yeah, for the most part, everything that I've done, that I was doing, I, I felt like I had to factor in other people. Okay. into my plan for myself and, and partially because of maybe a a subdued <clears throat> insecurity about my own voice and about my own artistry whereas if i could mask that insecurity by keeping great people around me mm-hmm. <laughs> i would feel okay yeah, um, yeah. but in that solitude i heard myself and i saw myself i, I grew my hair I grew my hair, but I also I, I, I grew a different circle and I, I, I realized that people that were in my uh, circle may not have been in my corner. And so uh, I in you. doing so and when you sort of change your relationships and you change your connections, you start you automatically redefine yourself because you're different when you're not around other people. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I started building my perception of self uh, without as much noise uh, okay. I got <laughs> without you. as much noise and i was able to discover so much more that was in me uh, because it was quiet so the people you kept around you would they say that they see a, a better a different alvin um some would say different some would say better <laughs> Someone would say, dang, I missed that check. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dang. Well, this has been another episode of We Are One in the Podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you ain't hear that one. You ain't see that comedy. Nah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, brother, sister, um, definitely looking out for you. They got some soup kitchens around the way. Um, it's gonna be all right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, let's let's uh, let's get into it. Let's jump both feet in. Um, I've been checking out the the album, um, the likeness of love, love, likeness of love. Um, I've been checking out the deluxe, and there's a reason why I've been checking out the deluxe because it has more numbers of songs. So I, I definitely yes. wanted to see what uh, almost didn't make the cut versus just listening to the the initial project. Uh, came out September 6. What was the what was the driving thought process behind the album? Well. Uh, I released the likeness of love, which was seven songs, and it was complete on my birthday, February fifth, twenty twenty-one. Okay, it was complete at seven songs, <clears throat> and and the, the likeness of love was some was a was a feeling and an experience that I discovered um, in throughout this pandemic. After like this experience that I talked about, I'm like, wow. Right. I can live a, a, a light existence where I'm not heavy all the time. Uh-huh. And this pro this project embody the sound of that existence, which is when and when you hear the music, it feels light. It has a sonic lightness to it. Okay. Um, and it came from 
you know, me spending time with my little girls and, and saying, okay, let me write some music that I can dance with my kids to. Um, I didn't want to feel heavy. So I, I just dove in, not necessarily lyrically, but sonically, I wanted to feel light, you know what I'm saying? Relax my voice because I relaxed my person. I relaxed as a person. I got you know you. what I'm saying? And so you can hear that in this project. And then I just flowed with it uh, lyrically in terms of painting that picture. Now, the reason I did a deluxe project and added four songs was because I wanted to perform these songs live. So, of course, okay. things were really shut down when I released the first project and just doing a lot of digital promotion, um, as well as some live stream shows. I said, but I want to get out and sing this music to human beings in the in the room. So I said, let me just write four more songs <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and hopefully. <laughs> I love it. And, it, uh, yeah, and extend the life yeah. of the project. And that's what I did. So the deluxe was an extension of my desire to keep spreading the lightness um, and not, you know, so let me give them some more. Let me f- write some more songs that feel like, and you know, that were cohesive with the original project. Now, and I, and I dig that. Would you say that you're one that writes how you're feeling? Cause I know you, you've, you've written for other artists and mm-hmm. of course you have to embody who they are while you're, you know, thinking about what to put in their songs and what have you. When you're writing for yourself, is it based off of what you're feeling, kind of what you're going through, or is it, you know, today I just want to write about this topic and, and keep it going? Well, what I am very uh, um, thought out and, you know, I'm very strategic in how I write, Okay, you know, in terms of the conversation I want to have and, and whether it's what I'm feeling or not is what I want you to feel when you listen. Okay. It's a story I want you to capture. Um in, in this project, when you listen, it starts off with, hey, hang with me. That's the name of the song. It's like, I'm meeting this woman and I'm inviting her like a gentleman. Will you hang with me for a while? And just setting the tone, you know, not coming out the gate, going straight to the bedroom. I'm coming out the gate saying, get to know me. You know what I mean? Right. And then that, that journey, that lyrical journey of what I want this experience to be like between the listeners saying, wow, by song four, I'm trying to marry this dude, marry this girl. <laughs> you know, so I, I was just, I'm very meticulous in the journey that I want people to go on because I don't like people skipping songs when they listen to my album. You know what I'm saying? So in terms of tempo, lyrics, melody, sonics, I like for my songs to flow and the messages to be to have some connectivity I got as you. well. Yeah. So when I was listening to uh, "Hang with Me," I heard mm-hmm. some. I heard some hints of some some D'Angelo. I, I, I gotta admit, yeah, like that, and that's that's <clears> my <throat> guy. I've, I've been a D'Angelo fan since uh, I think Brown Sugar came out '94, '96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we've been we've been on it since then. Like it was him, Erica, and Maxwell, and then a little later, 2000, what '99 was Music Soul Child. So that whole neo soul. You kinda, you you sound like a '70s, a late '70s baby. I know that the father of Neo Soul is Donnie Hathaway. So like starting there and then kind of moving into it. My mom had me in the car listening to all of this stuff. So like my brother has all the range when he sings. Uh-huh. Like he has horns coming out of his mouth. So oh. like I'm a bass baritone, but my falsetto is what saves me a lot. So she had me listening to Philip Bailey and had me listening to um, the Dells and, you know, all of these just so I can see whether or not I can imitate them. So it was just so, so let me interview the interviewer oh. just a second. So what you are telling me, my brother, is that 
I am talking to someone who is, a, a, you know, a well-trained critique of, a, a, of, a, a strict student. I, now I'm nervous. The now you got me, now nah. you got me nervous. Now go on, tell me. <laughs> you good, brother? Because like I'm telling, like the the song, like back to the song, "Hang with Me." I I heard those notes in the the four or five part harmonies that you were layering back mm. there with, with what it was that you were doing. And I'm like, man, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> it's going to be a problem. <laughs> see, so, see, so you get, you can appreciate what you were hearing. Uh, absolutely. Not just enjoy it. Now you do all your background vocals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, arrange, record, um, and write, you know, all my music. And, you know, in my development over the years as a writer, vocal producer, producer, I've spent a lot of time doing that for other artists as well. Okay. One in particular, I, I like to share this one, you know, I uh, had an opportunity to arrange the Joe's vocals for the power uh, uh, theme song. Big Rich so, Town. Yeah, Big Rich Town. Yeah. They say this is a big rich Yeah, so those background vocals, I arranged those for Joe. Because uh, around that time, I was doing a lot of his writing and the arrangement. So that's a little nugget I like to use okay. because everybody know that. Did Joe do his background vocals after you were like? Did he go back and do them, or he had other people come in? No, he he sang like okay. when I work with Joe, I would always send my demos and just send them, okay, the, you know, stems. Of course, you and I, right, yeah. all the files, and he would go in and just re-sing them with his voice. But he was true to the arrangement that I okay. would lay out, which, of course, uh, back then, around 2012-13, as a young aspiring writer and a vocal arranger, that was like, I was like, wait a minute, you doing it exactly like I sent it? And so I'm thinking he going to change it. But one of the greatest compliments I've ever received was from Joe himself. And he said, no, man, he said, I wouldn't change your stuff. He said, I tried my best not to change it because it was so well laid out. He said, man, just keep doing what you're doing. And he said, and I'm a great songwriter, great arranger. So that's a major compliment. Um, and that said, uh, you know, some, you know, as hard as I work to get to that point for somebody, uh, somebody I'm a fan of. I've always right. been a Joe fan to say, no, sir, I'm not changing your arrangement is done that well. So that really built my confidence as a young writer. Let me get let me get churchy real quick. That blessed my soul, brother, to know to know. <laughs> Because I'm a huge fan of this song. I think I'm the only person that takes theme songs and save them on the playlist. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I got a this chick, I call her my little sister. We've been really good friends, best friends since 2007. Um, around the bend, as far as um, Who's the Boss, that song okay, is yeah. on, my, on my playlist. <laughs> Um, the uh, thank you for being a friend is on my playlist. The, mm. the actual song song is on my playlist. Please tell me you got the fat album. Oh man, of course. Come on, of now, course. now, now, I found Ooh, man. Now I found <laughs> <laughs> the baseline alone, the fat album is. Yeah. See, see, yeah. For, I'm a basement. I know, Bass I know. Player, <laughs> so you know, I love that. <laughs> yes, sir, buddy. And um, like so, power mate. It, it made it so power made it um i did i hated the other version that he tried to do with uh Ooh, trey a, songs yeah, yeah 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 that was a revolt that was a revolt yeah yeah and i'm I glad was, i was sick i was secretly flattered i'm not gonna lie that they went back to my arrangement you know what i'm saying yeah look man you you, you can't 
you can't try to fix what's already perfect. Like, just leave it alone. No, That's why they alone. they use it for ghosts. Like, they they use it for power and they use it for ghosts. So, like, I get yeah, I get six seasons here and another however many seasons. I'm good. I'm good. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, oh, yeah. I'm happy. Sit and and I don't miss the show. Like, I, I watch it at midnight. When midnight hits, I'm already watching it, and I'm just like, you know what? I gotta go to this eight thirty service. But I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my hour in. <laughs> oh, 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 you're a church, you a church boy. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm a I'm a PK, man. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Now I'm a PK too. Now, <laughs> now you are you a Baptist PK or are you a Methodist PK? I'm a non-denomination. Okay, we're we a, we a little different. I'm now non-denomination. My parents are more non-denominational too, but they he's a pastor of a Baptist church, so ah. you know, yeah. So, but. It's it's one of those things. So yeah, man, we were church mice, like literally church. The lights came on, we there. Lights went off, we there. So it's yeah. it's just one of those things. You say raised in church, boy. <laughs> now now where are you where are you originally from? Because I'm originally from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So See, just in case your listeners don't know that I'm when I say I'm from the heart of Dixie, Road yeah. Tide. Oh, time. Time. I had to do. I had to do it. Uh, that's fine. You know, we're the only team that beat the Tide uh, 44-16. Go Tigers! Let's go Clemson! Oh, uh, you gonna do that? <laughs> you gonna you gonna go down? Okay. Yeah. But I'm from Manning, South Carolina, a little small town off of 95. And okay. Yeah, I moved up to Greenville about 10 years ago. It'll be 11 years next year. Okay. Okay. Um, and I've been here since then. So, but. I cut my teeth in the country. My parents, they mm. just mom majored in business, dad majored in physical ed and biology. They met each other. My dad had a list. My mom had this twang because she's from Houston, Texas. And okay. like they taught each other how to speak business like. So it's yeah. five of us. And it's only two of us that speak business like. The other ones sound like they're from my hometown. So it's just one of those. Ah. Yeah. So we we uh we decided to be the snooty persnickety ones. Uh, mm. however. When well, we country, we country perspunkish. <laughs> Around the right people, I get as about as country as a sugar sandwich, and I'm all right with that. Oh, I'm 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 all the way country. I, I call it a southern gentleman. My my parents from down in the country, country. I got and, you. Um, good, yes. Yeah. So both was born in the country. Yeah, had each other moved from the country, <laughs> raised us nice in country. <laughs> <laughs> boy, boy. <laughs> yeah, so um let's see here. This is <laughs> this is crazy. So you went from writing and arranging. How did you even get started down this this music path? Well, man, it, and actually, if you go a little further back, man, it started at the age of 11 Okay, you know, in church, falling in love with the mu- church musicians. And right. my dad bought me a bass guitar and from there. And that was literally my, that's how I define myself. Everybody that knew Alvin Garrett, or shall I say, uh, later on in my life, Cornbread, knew me as a bass guitarist. I played a lot of sessions, you know, did a lot of gospel music, uh, R&B, toured a lot. You know, so I was a bass player, but, okay. you know, uh, around the early 2000s, I started diving into production and songwriting and over the years just kept evolving while I was using the bass to set me up for musical entrepreneurship. I kept investing in myself as a writer and then 10 years or so down the line, you know, after just 
getting a couple placements, getting some credentials as a as a writer and ranger. Um, you know, just honestly encouraged by my dad to just hey say, why don't you sing some of your own songs? Like nobody can okay. sing your songs like you. You know, he said, hey, I, I know you're doing your job, but you should listen to yourself um, differently. You know, and encourage me to kind of get on the path of becoming a, a, an artist and a vocalist, which was never something I thought I'd be doing. Right. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Did you ever expect that from your pops to say, you know, go ahead and and dive into being more of a vocalist, writing some of your own songs, like being a PK, not doing gospel music. Um, I know, I know in my household, we call Heath. Uh, <laughs> my, my mama in the heartbeat would call us a heathen, but then we would, um, and, and still do. She's cleaning up the house and it's, it's the, the golden oldies. It's the 60s, 70s music. It's, you know, yeah. early 80s. And we're just listening and singing back and forth. And I'm like, I'm the same kid that you just called a heathen. Mm. For, for some of the stuff that I've I've written. So, <laughs> so <laughs> well, yeah, did you ever expect that that from your, your pops? Well, the only thing I've ever expected was what he always showed me, which was just you can do whatever you want to do. Right. right. Have faith. He was a faith teacher and always encouraged me to be whatever I wanted to be. Now he's absolute major fan of me and everything I did. You know, from when I started playing bass, when I was doing karate, when I played football, school, my dad has always been my biggest fan and his pride was always my fuel. Right. But I did not expect him to say, hey, you should sing your own songs. You know what I mean? Because and, and, and it wasn't about the genre because my dad loves wholesome music. He never discouraged me from writing wholesome R&B soul music because I and I also write gospel so you know I okay. right here you know yeah. your, your listeners can't see this but I got a number one yeah. billboard song behind me but that's yeah. for gospel you see what I'm saying um, right and but so as a writer you know I've written gospel songs but as an artist I like to say I'm an inspirational soul artist I make soul music and so even my R&B songs those that are sensual aren't overly vulgar or just too sexual it's a slight difference um, between writing a song that can uh, create an intimate moment between two two lovers and something that make the listener feel like, oh, you ain't talking to me. Right. Or feeling like, you know, uh, objectifying your right. listeners. And I right. think oftentimes in modern day sort of watered down R&B, um, mm. the, the listeners are objectified as opposed to uh, being spoken to as intelligent, sensual beings. Right. And I like to speak that way through all of my music. Okay. Now, I know how I feel about the term watered down R&B. How you feel about that term watered down R&B? Well, that's like blues that ain't sad. What? <laughs> like, that's like what? country. That's like country that ain't twangy. Right. <laughs> that's like rock without a distorted guitar. It's oh, just, <laughs> blues that ain't sad. Blues that ain't sad. Boy, and it's boy. like it's, it's it's like country with bad lyrics. Okay. Just saying, old country without a storyline. Right. Uh, it's rock without a grunge guitar, without a distorted guitar. Once you remove certain defining elements of what of music, right? How are you gonna call it the same genre? You know what I'm saying? So R and B itself 
came from the soul. Like it, it was, it was born from a conversation, you know, an experience. Right. So now when all is talking about is just how many ways can I talk about this woman? Like right. when it's so narrow and it's, and it's not including, you know, the, the people singing, if you hear them live, they don't sing like that. Right. That's not R&B. R- you know what I'm saying? That's something else. And they should create a new way to describe it. But do R&B music justice by, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, that's just me. And I, don't water down because I'm a purist when it comes to music. Classical is classical. You know, jazz is jazz. I, you know, and if that's what I want, I want it. And I don't want to turn on a song that they say is R&B and it sound like a hip hop song. Right. That's hip hop. Right. <laughs> right. Y'all can't see my face, but my guy, he is speaking uh, what I like to call the truth, all the truth and nothing but the truth. Uh, <laughs> so I know you said that you, you toured as a bassist um, and that's one of the ways that you got your start. Uh, who are, did you uh, tour with? Well, for the most part, man, a uh, good buddy of mine who right here in Birmingham, Alabama, who I started out with. Um, with my original uh, R&B soul wedding band called Just a Few Cats, Lee singer name was Ruben Stutter. Okay. And yeah, you, okay. you know, hey, so hey, my sorry Lee for sing- 2004, y'all. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he when he won American Idol, you know, that was my introduction to you know touring and. and so from there, I became his musical director pretty exclusively for about the next decade until I kind of start venturing off into doing my own thing. Okay. Um, but I like to throw this out there, though. I left corporate America before Ruben won American Idol a okay. year before, about a year before. So, you know, if that part of my story, I always try to point out in terms of my own journey that I took that leap of faith before there was a guarantee of a tour. I, I wasn't sitting around saying, oh, man, I'd be glad when I get a deal. I'd be glad when the tour come along. I left a good cushy job to build my own business. Mm-hmm. And he just so happened to be a part of my circle. So when he moved forward, it was because of our relationship. And so I always tell people, you never know who your faith and your risk taking and your journey will inspire and push to a place where they then can bring you along. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so from being in that situation i learned so much you know what i mean about touring about production how the industry works media it was like a paid internship to be honest okay where i can run my own entertainment company now because i've seen it at the at the biggest level of how this industry operates okay and that's that's definitely a faith thing being able to to leap and and bet on yourself because there's a lot of us Mm -hmm. who's scared to do it um <laughs> no no <laughs> that hand down <laughs> now i've been leaping a lot more lately i i really have been um like the, the chips all in in the middle of the table and i'm like hey we gonna win or die with you so lead right. us somewhere so it, it's <laughs> it's one of those things where i don't always like me but but i'm always ride with myself so, <laughs> so Ooh, come on now but that's 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 real though and people got to that's a conversation for another time. We 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 are getting to that some other time. But but uh, it's but it's but it's relevant for all your listeners getting to know me. Yeah. The name of my entertainment company is Heal Entertainment, H I L L, and that stands for Hope, Inspiration, Love, and Loss. 
because right. of hope, I have the inspiration to pursue what I love at the risk of loss. Right. You can't get on the hill if you're afraid to take an L. And that's my life. That's me. That's how I do everything I've done is that motto that says, hey, I'm going to bump my head. I'm going to take my L's, but I can't get higher. I can't go further if I'm afraid of them. I can't even define myself mm-hmm. as a man of faith that's going to accomplish anything great if I don't take those L's as a part of the formula. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes people are afraid of failure. Um, and and, and if, I take it. Like, let's let's go fail some because yeah. I'm learning what not to do. I'm learning how to do it better. I'm learning how to to realign and re reshift and redirect my decisions through my failures. Man, that's <laughs> it's those shortcomings that have made me um even appealing to you today. Right. You know? So you said it's it's hope, inspiration. Inspiration, love, love, and loss. And loss. Okay. Love and loss. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Cause my, uh, the umbrella for what everything falls under true King, true King music group. Uh, we are more than the podcast even falls into life entertainment and it's living in fearless mm. expedition. And that's okay. what it stands for. So like, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we see these words and then we don't really understand these words until someone puts life to it. So like, Damn. it's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I dig. See, that. I knew we. Were, I had a feeling we were cousins, man. Yeah, we might be. <laughs> and, and you <laughs> did you be. grow your hair during the pandemic? I knew I, I did. So I started growing <laughs> mine in 2019. Um, I, oh, went to, okay. I went to Costa Rica in 2019, and I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna just do something." And then um, when the pandemic hit, I got furloughed. So my whole thing was either until I get back into my career position, or if I find something else, I'm not cutting my hair. And then oh. I did. So when I got the job back, I was just kind of like, hey, take it or leave it. This is this is what it is. But don't worry. Uh, time is ticking. And and I have other places that I have to be. So when it's time yeah. for me to move and guys say, hey, go do your thing. I'm out. I'm ready to go. Take me as I am. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I it's been some time growing, but it really grew over the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I stopped clipping it, the edges and all, <laughs> all kinds of stuff and just said, go do your thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'll oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you, I'm listening. Yeah. So I know that you're you're passionate about a lot of things and I've, I've been doing my research. Mm-hmm. Um, the right life project that you have mm-hmm. going on, your, your philanthropy. Talk to us a little bit about that. You know, the right life, the right life. Well, um, I basically developed a songwriting therapy you know, program uh, just based off of my songwriting um, process over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, several years ago, I just started going and visiting local schools here in my hometown and uh, got connected with uh, the Dannon Project, which is a workforce development reentry program here in Birmingham, Alabama. As a matter of fact, one, one of the leading agencies in the country uh, that, you know, provides redemptive services, I like to say, okay. to those that have been um, in contact with the law or just from traumatic situations in their communities, you know, offering, uh, uh, you know, workforce development, offering uh, all types of services, but bringing that songwriting program to uh, a, a demographic that speaks loudly through music hip hop, okay. you know, and, and, and that was a way of connecting in addition to all the other life 
uh, skills that they taught and, and career development um, that they teach here. You know, and I say we now because I am a part of this agency um, and I get to do some great work. But the right life uh, really uh, is not just a songwriting instruction program. It, it, it okay. takes the principles of writing and teaches a person how to think, how to communicate effectively and how to build relationships and how to deal with your emotions and process them um, in a safe way. So when I started the program, I was anti-vulgarity. Anti-pollution, shall I say, because I'm like, hey, I'm against killing and robbing and doing all this stuff in the music. So I I banned it. But over time, I said, you know what? Is is vulgarity to me is just language to somebody else. Right. So let them come in as they are, express their thoughts as they are, but then have a discussion as to what are you trying to say? Right. What are you feeling? And then let me teach you how to change your language, but not change your story. I got you. So that we can appeal to a different audience, right? So when we're teaching them how to do interviews, you need to know how to dial back the N-word, whereas in your community, that doesn't mean a thing. Right. But at your job, that's vulgarity. And so I adapted the program as a way to teach them discipline, as well as it being fun and engaging, because we write the songs, record the songs, Mm -hmm. and they can promote them as well. So it's just not just purely a songwriting class, but it's a songwriting therapy um, program that we've used. And it's been amazing. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, Alvin is really out here helping people. Like it's, it's, it's not just, it's not just what you've done for other artists as it pertains to the music. It's not what you've done for yourself as an artist, but now you're even reaching back and giving back to make sure that the outlet is proper. Because yeah. it's, it's especially if if you're talking about, you know, kids who have had struggles prior to and then now mm-hmm. they're able to take those struggles, give word to those struggles and and actually go through it where it's releasing things that could have been holding them for so long. Because I'm pretty sure a lot of them are talking about things that they would have done and mm-hmm. you being around them, you can see, you know, you probably would have. But now this is there. They can use this as an escape. That's right. Right. Yeah. That's, I, I commend you on that, brother. For sure. Yeah. Thank you. And that, and this is something throughout the pandemic that, uh, you know, just discover my own passion, you know, and, and connection and purpose for my own life. You know what I mean? And, you know, sometimes, you know, it happens that way. You, you're thinking you're on a certain path and then. You get that shift, that great shift that says, no, I've been you've been thinking I've been developing you for this, but it was for that. Right. And 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 I say, as I uplift, I elevate, you know, I mean, as I elevate, I uplift my apologies. Right. And that's something I say, you know, I expect a higher power to pull me up. So while I'm doing that, I'm reaching. Right. Pull somebody else up. It's a it's a that's how I right. see it. You know, so I'm not out here just climbing for myself and looking back. I'm like, hey. As whatever I learn, let me teach it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever I gain, let me share it. And that's more fulfilling for me um, because every dream I have that's in my heart and in my head is way too big for my hand. Message. You okay. feel what I'm saying? I got you. My, yeah. <laughs> and I tell yeah. people like, I love that. If, if, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I say that on my shows a lot. I say, hey, if your dreams are small enough to fit in your little hands, they ain't big enough. Right. It's not dreams. That's a job. 
Right. So if you can do it with your hands, it's a job. So my dream should be too big for my little hands. So I have to put them in his. Yeah. And then I turn my dreams over to his hands. You know, if we're going to speak how I, how I believe. But I just don't believe that if my dreams are so huge that I can do that with these here. Right. I have to tr- entrust that to a higher power. But what can I do with these hands? Right. I can serve others. I can give. I can uplift. I can empower. I can teach. I can give joy. I can smile. There's so many things that I am in control of. So I handle that. You okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And my mom uh, tells me all the time, if if your dreams don't scare you, you ain't dreaming big enough. Message. And I was <laughs> like, shucks. And then it's, it's some... There's some things where um, past relationships looked at me and they said pipe dream. But mm. I was looking and I'm like, that's just the tip of the iceberg, because if I can imagine this, then what what God can do for me is way bigger than what my a little imagination can can think. And I'm mm-hmm. starting to see some of those things coming to fruition because, hey, I'm leaping. And it's one of those. Absolutely. You go. You're not gonna let me fall, right? <laughs> so it's just it's it's been one of those things. What's one of the things that you you learn, especially about yourself, as you started getting into the music industry? What was uh, one of the hardest lessons that you learned? I have to say the humility lesson, okay. and you know, <laughs> to be honest, when you are. You know, you have to be good. Let's just keep it real. Right. To be successful, you got to be good at what you do. Um, you have to just be good. I mean, you got to be great. And right. so I've been pretty good all my life at everything I do. You know what I'm saying? And that's not me bragging. Let me let me be honest. Right. I was still a student, still a football player. Everything I've done, I work hard. I'm good at it. But that also made me a candidate for arrogance now i wasn't an arrogant person but when people pat you on your back and constantly praising you for how good you are at something if you don't have the right upbringing if you haven't been taught right Mm -hmm. it'll go to your head (laughs) it will right but i was raised right and said hey you gonna humble yourself or he or he gonna humble you which one is it gonna be right so humility is a process that i had to fine tune over the years to where i'm like how can I be more of a servant? How in this situation can I humble myself? How is it when I meet people that they'll turn around and say, hey, man, that's an humble dude right there. He cool. As opposed to this moment, I ain't think. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So right. <laughs> humility oh, oh, gets so you. that's everything. how you feel. Oh, yeah. oh right. <laughs> oh, you Grammy nominating? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you, and you realize, like, the more you accomplish, like, for me, the more I've accomplished, the more I humble myself and the more people are amazed. They're like, man, with your resume, you as humble as you are. And I'm like, absolutely. I'm humble because of that. You know what right. I'm saying? Because it's over once I feel, and once I elevate myself and I started and I start holding my head up as if I did something because I'm talented. It's over at that point. Life will humble you. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do that myself. So I make that a conscious decision. And I tell people, if you want to get invited into certain rooms, you're never the best at what you do. Don't humble yourself and let people say, let me bring you in because of how you make me feel or because of uh, something beyond your talent. And I think a right. lot of people in this industry are getting it wrong. Like they got to flex and they got floss and all that kind of stuff. But that's the one thing that really, honestly, people, once you're inside the industry, you realize it's a peer-based industry. It's right. very small. 
and it's who you know and who know you. Nobody want all of that. They're like, man, whatever, man. We just chilling, man. You know, and I learned that when I finally got around artists that I was, you know, was a fan of. They're like, man, we just people. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's break. No, man, we're not a celebrity. What are you talking about? Among celebrities, we're just peers, you know? So it's like, mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm proud that that's a lesson that you learned. And it was one of those things that I'm, I'm glad it wasn't um, a lot for you to have to get there. Um, you know, being that your background, the way you were raised and those kind of things where you you were wise enough, you had the wisdom enough to step back and say, hey, it's not me. It's, it's he that's in me. It's not me. It's the, the the things that I can do well where I can help other people, even though, that's right. like you said, those those pats on the back feel good. Those, you know, I wrote you this song. I, you might not be doing it the justice that I want you to do with it, but go ahead and do your thing. We this is how I go, go do your thing. Like one of one yeah. of those. So um, so so being able to do that. My my experience as it pertains to being around so many different artists when I was coming up. Like I have a cousin who sang for Black Street, Mark Middleton. Okay. Okay. Um, I um John Blackwell, uh, rest in peace. He was the drummer for Prince and Justin yeah, Timberlake yeah. and the Vanguard band for a few times. It, it grew up in my home church. So like he dated wow. my dated my older sisters. Like we were Blackwell and friends. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So okay. like it's it's just those things and and being around that. There was one artist I was, I want to say 10 at a family reunion. She was up and coming, she was performing at the hotel. Her name was Malika. I don't even know what she's doing with her life right now. Uh-huh. Ananda Lewis was the one that was interviewing her. And I didn't realize who Ananda Lewis was. So I asked her if she was Malika. She goes, no, sweetie, you know, I'm Ananda. And she was just real chill about it. Talk mm-hmm. to me, gave me high five, hug, all that other stuff. Malika comes out and I'm like, are you Malika? And she goes, no, I'm not. And then she looked at the picture and she said, who do you think I am? Ooh. I was 10. And that... <laughs> crushed me because from wow. 10 i was like i don't care who is it that who i'm around i'll never fan out and like it, be, mm. it became a pride thing to where like there are pictures and opportunities that i miss with some of my favorite artists that i'm like nah you know they're just people but having that attitude and treating them as if they you know you're just a person was one of those things where i was able to have further conversations with them so the conversation right. that i had with them was greater than the picture opportunity that i could have taken with them so exactly. I can hold on to that, but I'm like, it would have been dope to get a picture with Kanye. Like it was just, <laughs> but, you know. I you know, knew we were cousins. Yeah, like pre Kanye, like pre Kanye Kardashian, Kanye West. But you know, just those kind of things. Like even meeting John Legend when he was just John Stevens. Like oh. and he was, and he's opening up for Erica Badu and those kind of things. Like I've yeah. been around these things, and I'm like, nah, they just people. But then being able to sit at the table and get the game, like, and ladies and yeah. gentlemen, what you all are getting right now, me talking to Alvin Garrett right now, you guys are getting the game. Like these are similar conversations that I've had the opportunity to be a part of, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm thankful for this opportunity. And thank you for taking time to to be here just to speak with 
little old me with the podcast. Whoa, 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 watch out, watch out. I know, I, know. Nah, I knew it was coming. Uh-uh. No, don't, do, don't do that little old me stuff. Now, you know. <laughs> Let me get real southern. Oh, little old me. A little old me. I'm just a nobody trying yeah. to tell everybody. <laughs> About somebody who can <laughs> make it say I knew we were cousins. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know you're going to be in town this weekend at uh, Brass Monkey. What, what got you? Uh, back on tour. Well, man, uh, just reaching out, you know, as this market started open back up, you know what I mean? I made sure that, you know, I was healthy and get out here and want to start singing and being around other human beings. Right. And, uh, just been doing a lot of promotional shows and concerts and things of that nature. And so here I am on my way to Greenville, South Carolina, to the Brass Monkey. I'll be bringing myself along with my performance tracks, just sharing music, getting to know the market, introducing myself like we're doing um, during this podcast. And hopefully uh, turn a bunch of strangers into friends. And I got you. See myself back in 2022 with my full band, the lights, you know, with the type of production that, um, that I would love to do for my 2022 tour. And I will say I am... As an artist, I still respect humbly that I'm just dis- I'm in the discovery phase for a lot of people. Right. Although I have been in the industry for quite a while, I'm st- people are still discovering me. And I appreciate, you know, you taking the time to listen to my music and get to know me and then have the opportunity to talk. You know what I mean? And and me not have to prove myself to you. You were able to listen to the right. music and say, OK, wait a minute. This guy, I'm just discovering him, but there's something here. And I appreciate that. Yeah, like I, like I said, I the very first song, D'Angelo vibes. As I'm going through, I hear a little Al in there. Yeah. I, I I hear and I and I saw the the comparisons that they said vocally as far as Sam Cooke, Al Green. I hear I hear a lot of soulful artists that I grew up listening to all through your style, and I'm yeah. like, but it doesn't give me a '70s feel. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it it gives me where we are right now, but it gives me soul, which is what I feel like has been missing in what yeah. we call R and B. Yep. <sighs> the the <laughs> I don't want to use the term watered down R and B. No, let's uh, no let let's let for the people that love R and B for what it is today. Let's let's respect it. That's R and B. You're right. That's R and B. What you doing is soul, brother. Like yeah, and, it's, yeah, and I like yeah. to call it inspirational. So I like to add that tag on there because. That, you know, there's a feeling that I intentionally put in my music that goes beyond just so I I aim to inspire. You know what I mean? And it's a blend. And I say it's for our gospel singers that don't want to make religious music. Right. Right. Um, the lightness of love is the presence of God. There's Talk no heaviness. It. There's no heaviness in the presence of God. But there's no heaviness with the lightness of love. You know, a song I wrote for Joe called I'd Rather Have a Love Than Have a Life Alone. All I did was just took the he that finds a wife finds a good thing principle in scripture, turned it into an R&B song. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm still thinking about my uh, gospel upbringing and roots and mm-hmm. scripture, translating it uh, into soul music and R&B music so that the people outside of the four walls of religion can right. hear music that touches them. Because if I don't do it and people like me don't do it, where they going to hear it? Because they ain't right. coming in the four walls all the time. You feel well, me? So, even the people in the four walls, they better get their life together because Song of Solomon. Songs of Solomon taught me how to be a player. Oh, like I, I, I want everybody. I thought you to, didn't want to be a player no more. That would be, I, I, you know, that's what Joe said. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what your homeboy is. <laughs> I, I knew saying, you was my cousin. I ain't a player. I just crush a lot. I just say, oh, I'll say that then. Mm, I'll, mm. I'll, I'll, I'll pun that thing. <laughs> well, they, they, they told me down here, don't hate the player, hate the game. Hate the game. Yeah. They told me. See, but uh, and and what I what I like, and I know that you're familiar, church folk. Oh yeah, like the oh, yeah. the real a lot the, about them. The real holy people. The um, I don't go to Burger King because Jesus is King. He's the only King. The way mm. the and the light. Them kind of church folk. Um, mm. I, I hate them. By, <laughs> by the way, uh, y'all make my skin crawl, man. Like you know, y'all. I think Jesus look at them sometimes. Like really? <laughs> oh, I know he do. He told me. He it, told me. Yeah. Unequivocally. No, what was that word you used earlier? Parsimoniously. He parsimoniously told me that they a mess, a hot man. Uh-huh. And they turned around and hung him on the cross. You know, we're going to make that real clear. They hung around him. Yeah. Not to get into all that. Yeah. Same, same folk. Same, same folk. folk. <laughs> all skin all folk ain't your kin folk. That's what, <laughs> and, and all people in your circle ain't in your corner. Ain't in your corner. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but man, I definitely appreciate you. Um, you know, thank you again for taking time out to, to, to kick it with me. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a, um, a legend here. Uh, understand that. Like I'm, I'm going to, he's already been a legend. Now we're going to hear him be the legend that we know he is. Uh, definitely check out his entire discography. Even the songs that you've written for other people, check out his entire discography. Um, I'm only on one chapter of it. So I'm excited to dive into the other chapter. I'm ready. This is what I'm really ready to do. I'm ready to send my mom the Dietrich Hatton song. Oh, and be like, "Hey, ma, I spoke to this guy today." Like, <laughs> just so she, yeah. can, like, I'm glad that you coming back. To, Mama, I was already with God. Like, chill out. Like, <laughs> I gotta talk to you, Mama. Man, I ain't talking. <laughs> yeah, she, she ain't that bad. She gonna listen to this. She gonna be like, "Boy, you something else." But yeah, so um, it turned, I, I think when she put on the light and love, pops might be feeling kind of, you know, she yeah, might, yeah. might, pops might get the hook up. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, yeah. cause the, the light and love have been known to pull people together real I'm, close. I, I'm just saying, we don't need no Sarah and Abraham miracles in my household. <laughs> uh, I'm the baby of this family, and it's going to stay there. It's going to stay that way. He's like, no, I'm going to send her your gospel music. You're going too far, Mr. Garrett. (laughs) Anything else you got for my listeners, brother? Man, listen, you know, check me out, alvingarrett.com on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's the Alvin Garrett. Not that Alvin Garrett. Look up that Alvin Garrett. It's going to be my daddy. (laughs) Look up the Alvin Garrett (laughs) Uh, to follow me on social media. Uh, Let's stay connected. I'm very excited about coming up the road, spending time, hopefully get to meet you in person and a lot of other people at the Brass Monkey uh, this this, uh, December 12th. Yep. Uh, where I'll be performing and uh, just hanging out, getting to know some new friends, turning strangers into friends. Um, and, and also, man, just just stay encouraged out here. You know what I mean? I know it's a yeah. lot going on out here, but that smile, man, it'll heal you first and it'll heal the people around you. So use it. You know what I mean? It's powerful. And I appreciate you for your spirit and, and, and invite me into your world today. Yeah. Um, so thank you, man. No problem at all, man. Thank you for for being a part, man. And uh, we're gonna have to definitely do this again. I'm gonna I'm gonna invite you back for the karaoke. 
Uh, where, oh, where oh please yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, we de- we definitely got to do that. But yes, yeah, yeah. so, ladies and gentlemen, it's been another episode yeah. of We Are More Than the podcast. We out. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you, I bet you, you don't want us. Look out. You know you're messing with the wrong ones. Now watch out. Keep talking, I'm going to give you some.